Hello, Solar Travelers. Welcome back to Episode 2 of the Solar Traveler Podcast. I am Ricky Subel, the Solar Traveler, and I want to welcome you to a place for the sedentary nomad and adventurera in all of us to share tips and stories about safe, joyful solar travel. It's been a busy couple of weeks, and I was definitely... <laughs> And grateful to be able to get away on a little solar journey since the last episode. I have been traveling a lot through Tijuana from California over the past few years through a private public sector funded bridge to the Tijuana airport called CBX. Um, it's super time saving, cost saving, and, and extremely easy to use as well as safe on all levels. So if you haven't already done it, check it out, uh, CBX, um, and you can fly through the Tijuana airport using mm, low-cost national Mexican flights, get your immigration out the way. It's a gem. Um, This time I took myself to Puerto Escondido, Oaxaca. Puerto Escondido is a little surfer town on the Oaxacan coast. And you can get there very easily with both international flights and national Mexican low-cost airlines. Um, but I will say Puerto is not Tulum. It's still very accessible and friendly, and I hope it stays that way. Um, and if you ever get to go, I think you'll notice just how unique it is. Um, like anything from the great food to the amazing, joyful, kind people... Um, who always remember you, both locals and, uh, you know, the the new community that's moved there in the past few years. Um, it's just joy. It's kindness. It's really amazing. And almost everything is walkable once you get to your destination. Um, I stay in Punta Zicatela, which is still very rustic. Um, there's roosters crowing in the morning and crabs walking at night on the main street and wild dogs Um, and yes sometimes especially in the rainy season the electricity goes out and the humidity is suffocating and you're just lying there with a wet towel on top of you waiting for the fan to come back on Um, but all that aside it's still very luxurious um, in relation to the kind of peaceful undisturbed experience you have there And it's definitely one that's harder and harder to find on the Pacific coastline. Um, So this trip was different too in that I took it over the January wolf full moon. And to be honest, I took it with the intention of making peace with my past. Um, I had heard a line in a movie recently that said something like, if you don't make peace with your past, it will suffocate your future. And I thought, wow. I really need to go and sit in nature and think about this. Um, I didn't have time to process it because, you know, you're living your life and you're just, you're getting your work done and we're sitting in computer screens and everyone's going through things right now and you want to be present and then it's like, boom, like, what did that mean? Like, why did that stand out to me? And I don't, I don't know if any of you have those moments where you hear something and it just triggers you. Uh, to make peace. So, you know, I thought I really need to go sit and think about it. Um, 
and I also feel like full moons are, I feel them very intensely. And the wolf moon was particularly curiosity striking to me because I'm a huge fan of Clarissa Pinkola Estes' seminal work, Women Who Run With the Wolves, um, wherein she breaks down all sorts of stereotypes and conventions that women are constantly faced, facing in their psyche work and their daily lives. Um, and she does this through an, a nuanced kind of Jungian uh, psychology approach. It sounds like a lot, but I don't. I don't think it matters. You know, if you have a background in psychology or not, you will find some really beautiful things from this book. No matter, no matter what. <laughs> um, and what what I think the book does too very well is points out. You know, the work that we do when it comes to choosing the right people to be around intuitively, as well as having the trust in our intuition to find the right partnership. And I know not everyone is guided as much as I am by relationships, but when it comes to my solo travel experiences, many of my journeys have been spawned by heartbreak and deception coming out of the wrong relationships for me. So I always use solo travel as a quick way for me to kind of check in, see how I'm doing and get back in touch with myself and my heart so I can be in a better place to make good decisions when it comes to my romantic life. And since I recently reconnected with someone with whom I had been on and off with for months, I really felt like the relationship was bringing up some unfinished business, um, not just from our union, but from other past situations, um, particularly around travel and, and self-trust. Now, the connection may not be evident, but it is true that when you're not in a good place or a healthy relationship, solo traveler can trigger a lot of partners. And they're going to be left wondering, why does she need to be alone? What's she going to be doing out there? Why can't she just be happy with me? And all other kinds of insecurities that come up when you're dealing with the modern independent woman uh, archetype, right? And that happens anyway in a relationship, I think. But in my experience, it's only amplified when it comes to someone asserting their independence and saying, hey, I'm going to do this. You're welcome to come. But if you can't, please support me. And maybe we don't always know how to have that conversation, the one where we expose our vulnerabilities, our need to reconnect to ourselves. And so we end up just kind of pushing off on booking or bring people along when it's not the right thing to do. And we do it mostly just to seem normal or what we think of as normal, right? When in reality, every part of our body is screaming to be alone, to resolve hurts, to dive deeper into the soul, we ignore that and we say, you know, maybe I'm being silly. This is silly. I'm going to bring with this person and this person and, and then you've completely lost this soul drive to reconnect and figure out, hey, why am I doing 80% of the things I'm doing uh, lately? professionally, my home life, my relationship to myself, my inner thought, like, we just ignore that. It's so much easier. 
I, in my in my humble opinion, I think it's it's easy to ignore that voice that's crying for us to to take these kinds of journeys. And then the bigger questions, which are the questions we used to send out, you know, send people out to do uh, vision quests and and walkabouts and find themselves, which is all about trust. Am I in a place to trust myself or not? And a lot of people are going to worry about what you may find when you start having those conversations. And they'll fight you to not go. Just in case they are the bad decision you've been making on a daily basis. And so that's where trust is so huge when it comes to travel. Do we have it as a couple? Are we ready for separation? Can I trust you? Can you trust me? And the irony is, the more you let someone go, the more you can trust that when they find you upon their return, and they've subconsciously or consciously thought about it, or at least had the space and freedom to do so, that they're showing you, instead of being obligated by routine, they're choosing you because they feel fortified by their own self-confidence, worth, and even a revised sense of interdependence, right? Forged by independence that solo traveler, uh, that solo travel can can provide. Um, <clears throat> and when I was married back in my twenties, we had a really open travel rule, and I did what I needed to do, and so did he. And to be honest, that predominantly came out of the fact that we did not travel well together. But I will say, in spite of how mature, how immature <laughs> that relationship was most of the time, uh, we had trust in one another. And when he needed to go off and be with his friends, or I needed to get away from the city, we let each other be. But when we went through the divorce, so many things came up for me. So much fear and shame of being alone. And I knew that I had to get out into the world again. So I started small. I drove out just a few hours to the Mojave Desert um, just to kind of get out. I was moved back in with my parents. Um, I was not in a good space. And to be honest, every part of me wanted to be accompanied. I was really working hard to find uh, a lover, <laughs> anyone who would just distract me and, and take me away from my pain, to be honest. And I couldn't find that person because it's, it's not that easy and it shouldn't be that easy. And the more you learn from bad relationships, the more you realize um, how important a good decision of who accompanies you is, right? Um, so I just went out to the Mojave. It's also a beautiful desert, amazing spiritual place, very rich with visual beauty and uh, mystery and just... It's incredible. Um, and I'm telling you, it was one of the most uncomfortable, uncomfortable journeys I had ever taken. I was in the middle of nowhere with Neil Young blasting, and I just felt completely overwhelmed. I was scared, anxious, hesitant uh, to continue, you name it. And this was years after I had started traveling by myself. I had already learned new languages, lived all over the world, um, like 
in, made myself very independent, but it didn't matter because my trust in myself was shattered. And I didn't know how to get get it back or where to look for it. And retrospectively, I can see how and why it was uncomfortable to go back out there again sola, both in the sense of traveling and and in my in my daily life, right? You get very attached to kind of having companionship. And maybe it's not right, but it feels better than that solitude. Um, and it's super painful and doubt-provoking uh, to think that maybe you stayed a little too long in something that wasn't good for you. Or that you let someone down. Or that they let you down. Or about what society must be thinking of you now. Or, you know, what you must look like when you go sit down at a restaurant or eating alone. And people do make comments. Like, they do say, why are you, oh, you're eating alone. Oh, just you? Uh, I don't know if I can handle that today. You know, I don't want to put myself in that situation. But it happens, and you, f- you know it's going to happen. And I will say, inevitably, over years and years of little breakaways, like that first one after my divorce, and I do think of it more as a breakaway than travel in this context, um, you start to feel yourself worth returning and your level of confidence coming back up. And your talk track is less of a, what did I do? I'm a failure. And more of a, well, good for you. Look at the life you forged since that unfortunate event. And look at all the new people you gave yourself permission to meet. And all the new places and foods and stories and love and friendships, the talk track changes. And the more you've had to kind of sit with this reality, I think the more you realize your only choice is abundance, right? Abundance takes over. And you think, wow, I knew exactly what to do on a very deep level to get myself out of something that wasn't helping me grow, right? And for you, that could be a job or a relationship or a mindset. It could be anything. But I want to make sure that you don't expect it to happen on the first trip. It takes time. And it is uncomfortable, and it's not going to be like eat, pray, love, where you meet the man of your dreams at the end, and you sail off into the sunset. No, it's most likely going to be painful, uncomfortable, and you won't be happy the whole time. But this is an incremental process of healing through self-trust through your journeys, through your discomfort. And this is the kind of healing that is long-lasting and will be forever in your repository to be repurposed for other challenges in your life. And so, my solo travelers, whether you're planning your first journey 
or your 150th, I want you to take a moment to think about how far you've come and where you'd like to go. And I want you to set an intention for this next trip because I'll tell you something. We can manifest the kinds of journeys we want to take. And on this trip to Puerto Escondido, Oaxaca, I had been, like I said, to come back around, trying to deal with my past so it wouldn't suffocate my future, trying to get back in touch with myself so I could say, this new relationship is not the one from the past that hurt you or the many that hurt you. And you will not believe me, but I promise you, right smack in the middle of nowhere Oaxaca, I ran into my ex-boyfriend, um, who was a very toxic person for me, a very manipulative person, um, who broke up with me because I told him I was going to travel to Europe. And his reaction was visceral. And I never forgot that moment. And even this time, when I announced this trip, that I was going alone, that I needed to deal with some things, the fear of saying it came up. I was so afraid of the reaction in my new relationship, so triggered by my past. And there he was, in my face, in the middle of nowhere couldn't have been more strange um on a full moon like just don't know what to say but that manifestation needed to happen in order for me just like anyone else to recognize your beauty your power your flexibility your freedom of spirit and just jump in I want to thank you all for listening to today's episode. For all other episodes, check out The Solar Traveler wherever you listen to podcasts. And please follow me on Instagram at the underscore sola, S-O-L-A, underscore traveler. Um, you can send me your thoughts on DM. And the website will be up soon and I'll be able to post the transcripts for this uh, episode and other episodes in the blog, uh, along with photos um, and a newsletter that's coming up. So please do stay in touch via Instagram in the meanwhile. Um, if there are any subjects you'd like to uh, discuss or you yourself would like to be a guest on the Solar Traveler podcast, please reach out to me. Again, on Instagram, it's the underscore sola underscore traveler. And I look very forward to meeting with you all again soon.